0: Thanks for tuning into the Dope Vision Experience Podcast. Your boy, Frank Nitti. I'm back for another episode. I want to say thank you to each and every person who clicked this button and gave me an opportunity to share with you my thoughts. Man, it is the top of 2023, and I am excited for the year, man. I got my goals set up. I'm trying to put them on the paper this time. Um, If I put them in my phone, I don't quite always look at them. I don't know if if you guys are like that, but sometimes when I put the goals in my phone, I don't always look at them all the time. And so what I've been doing lately, man, I've been writing them on my mirror in my bathroom. So I know I'm going to go in the bathroom every single day, and so that's why I see my goals at. You know, last year I wrote them on the mirror, and I I'd be damned if I didn't knock out pretty much all of my goals that I had on that mirror. Man, I, they work. Write down those goals, put them somewhere where you can see them. Don't just put them in your phone because so much stuff goes on your phone and it never comes out. How many photos you taking on your phone that you don't ever really look at? How many memes do you save on your phone that you don't really ever go back and look at? Man, it is important to put those goals somewhere that you can see them. Put them in the mirror, put them on some paper, Put them on some sticky notes, put them on your fridge, put them in the kitchen, put them anywhere that you know you're going to be at. If you work from home, put them on your desk, put them on your, your, your monitor, just put them somewhere where you can see them so you can get to them, man, because this is your growth and prosperity. You know, I want to have, I want, I want everybody to listen to this podcast. I want you to be, have 10 10 X your, 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 um, your goals this year, man. It's not always about the money. It's about, you know, how you feel, make sure your mental health is there. Make sure your physical health is there, you know. You can't do nothing without your health. That's one thing I know. Once you get sick, there's nothing you can do. There's no way money going to buy you out of it. So get your health together. Make sure you're healthy this year. Eat right. Drink enough water. Get you some exercise. That's one of the best things you do. And if you're over 35 plus, get out there and stretch. Because I'm guaranteeing you, a lot of the 35 plus people are not out there stretching no more. We used to do that when we was kids. You know, maybe in your early 20s. But not in thirties, boy. When you get thirty-five plus, you start you start slowing down. The activities you start slowing down, and you don't stretch as much. And trust me, get out there and stretch and stay flexible. So what I want to kick it off about, about this year, um, I want to say you know our, our thoughts and our prayers they work for Demar Hamlin, man. He fought through it. If you don't know what happened to Demar Hamlin, um, the safety from the Buffalo Bills on the Monday night, it's the the last game of the week, man. Week eight, week eight, week seventeen. Uh, Buffalo Bills taking on the Cincinnati Bengals. It's going to be a huge game for the AFC. And these are going to be two quarterbacks that never played against each other. You're going to have Joe Burrow and you're going to have Josh Allen, man. And we have the kickoff. And, you know, just early in the game, you see DeMar, you know, make a tackle on a kickoff returns. He makes a tackle. He gets up, takes steps, and then he collapses back down the field. And as a football, you know, as much football I've watched, you know, we watch people, you know, make hits all the time. Sometimes they're vicious and you see players are all laid out and you have to have the, the medical staff to come out there and take a look at them and wonder if they're going to be okay. And they kind of, you know, sometimes give us a thumbs up as they scroll them off the field or if they limp off the field or even if they get sh- caught off on a stretcher, man. They they raise up the thumb, they give us a thumbs up that they're going to be okay and it makes everybody feel much better about themselves by watching a game that's so violent. And for them to give us a thumbs up, we're good to go. The game continued to go on, but not this time. This time was totally different. He took a step, he collapsed, and he fell down. And everybody was like in in awe and stunned, like, okay, what's going on? What happened? And you see the medical staff come out there. And all of a sudden, you know, after a few minutes, you just see the crowd of players just around him. They're just like eyes wide open, you know, mouth dropped. You know, everybody now you're seeing tears come out of players eyes and you're wondering what's going on, like what is going on? And the telecasters, they don't know exactly what's going on because they're not on the field. They're just seeing and reacting to what we're seeing and reacting to. Of course, they have, you know, a couple of other monitors uh, could possibly see what's going on that they probably saw on the playback that we don't have angles to. But it was just a very, you know. It was one of those strange situations where everything just got quiet and nobody knew what was going on. And it happens for several minutes. They went to commercial. They came back from commercial and the guy was still there. And they started to wonder, we're like, what is really going on? Is he, is he alive? Is he breathing? Is he, you know, is he conscious? Like what is going on? Like we need some type of updates and they weren't giving any updates. And it went, they went back to commercial break again and they came back from commercial break and they're still out on the field crowd around him. The ambulance is out there. The medical staff is out there. You know, everybody's just like, in awe like i said players are crying because they're, they're seeing they're on the field and they're seeing exactly what's happening they're hugging each other they're praying and we're at home and just so happened my family really not into you know into football like i am it's a monday night we're getting ready for to eat dinner this is what i this is what i do i try to watch i eat dinner i watch the monday night football my kids are watching Monday night football and they're seeing this incident that's happening on the field of the young man demar Hamlin, man and it just doesn't look good. It doesn't. It does not look good. It goes on for several. It goes on for several minutes. Several minutes turns to ten minutes. Ten minutes turns to twenty minutes. Commercial break after commercial break. They get to the point where they go to so many commercials they don't know what to do anymore. ESPN throws it to the the, uh, the headquarters center. They're in the headquarters center talking about what's going on. They don't know what's going on exactly. They go back from the headquarters center back to the telecast to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. They're talking about it. They don't know what's going on. They can't explain what's going on. They're trying to figure out ESPN is just like fumbling because they've never been in this situation before. They're just throwing the telecast between commercials, Joe Buck and Troy Aitman back to the headquarters center with three people at talking about what's going on, talking about DeMar Hamlin and what possibly could be going on. They're trying to get information relayed, but there's not anything being relayed to the people. And so we know nothing. We know nothing. The Internet is in a frenzy because it it kind of started off as a slow little boy, like, okay, what's going on? The game's not started back. And then all of a sudden the Internet just gets in a frenzy. Like, oh, my goodness, what is going on? Is DeMar alive? What's going on? What's going on? Is he going to be okay? He took he he made a tackle and he collapsed. And like they they didn't really show they showed it a couple of times on replay, but they didn't show it a whole lot because I'm pretty sure it it didn't seem horrific at the time. Because it wasn't a vicious hit. We've seen much more vicious hits in NFL, but this wasn't a vicious hit. It was a tackle. He got up, he took a step, and he collapsed. And everybody's just like, okay, wh- wh- what's going on? Is he going to be okay? Like, we're starting to worry. The fam- my family's starting to worry. Many families are starting to worry. His family is, you know, our- his family is there. His family is there. They were there on the field early. He was talking to them. They're there. They got their family there. And they just continue to go to commercial break, go to joke book, go back to the headquarters, come back to the field. And eventually they got him off the field after a long wait. They got him off the field and it just was nothing positive about that moment, you know, because it was like you knew nothing. We was hoping for the best, praying for the best. But my God, we were hoping and praying that nothing bad was happening. Because later on we figured, we, we found out that he basically, you know, he, had a, he went to cardiac arrest on the field and his heart stopped. And they had to do CPR on him on the field. We They, they told us they had their CPR on him and they revived him. And my first thought process was, I hope he wasn't, his heart didn't stop long enough to where he lost oxygen to the brain so he doesn't have any brain function. And they didn't tell us much, they just said, oh, he had to do. He had to revive him from CPR. First said saying they had to do it twice, but then it came out that statement was false, his uncle was incorrect, they only had to revive him once. And then he didn't, he wasn't having any motor function, he wasn't conscious, and so they had to take him to the hospital, and they just had to stop the game. They were they were going back and forth between the coaches and the referees and in, in the NFL trying to figure out what's going on, and they eventually decided to cancel the game which they should have, because that was most important at that moment, counselor game. And so he went to the hospital and all throughout the night, we're just, Oh, we're, we're worried. My family is worried. They don't even really watch sports and they just so happen to see that moment. My kids are worried. They worried about tomorrow. They're going, they're going to bed worried. They're, they're praying. I, I put, I, you know, we say our prayers and then I walk out of the room. I can see my, hear my kids saying an additional prayer for tomorrow. You know, they're saying prayers for him. We're saying prayers for him and we're, we're at home trying to figure out. Like, I hope, I hope he's okay. I pray he's okay. And they got him in the hospital, and they, you know, they had to, you know, put the tube down his throat. And then the next day, and then throughout this whole night, we skip made a skip made a post, a Twitter post. He posted something, and it got the internet in a frenzy. It was all, and I think it was a lot to do with who he, who he is and he and how he has the tendency to make situations about himself sometimes insensitive tweets and it was just the timing of the tweet he said he made several tweets before the tweet that set everybody off but nobody really cared because in that moment you know everybody was just they were angry as they were they wanted to be angry at something but they, they couldn't know they didn't know what to be angry at they had a lot of displaced anger and he was the person that they took the anger out on and my god the next day the, the Internet was ablaze that night. And the next day, the commentators were all over the TV talking about, you know, Skip Bayless and his tweet, how insensitive it was. Shannon Sharp didn't even show up the next day. They made Skip struggle through the episode by himself. I couldn't watch it because I was I was hoping to see, you know, tuning in to hear what, what Skip and Shannon got to say. You know, I want to hear what Shannon got to say. You know, I want to hear what Skip got to say. But Shannon didn't show up. You know, Shannon Sharp was like he probably didn't like the tweet. I'm pretty sure he didn't like the tweet, and so he made him struggle through it by himself. And all day we're trying to get updates from for for what happened to Demar. You know, ESPN's updating, and it was, it's national news now. CNN, ESPN, you know, ESPN, CNN, Fox, all your local stations, everywhere is to, is trying to report about what's going on with the gentleman, DeMar Hamlin. And I'm happy that something positive was trending while he was asleep and recovering. His body was recovering. He had a tour drive in his hometown for the kids. And I was so proud of that young man for doing that and that positivity trending for him. Because most of the times, there's a lot of negativity things that are trending for someone. But this was a positive thing. His 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 tour drive, fund GoFundMe because he had already had to go. He had already did the, the tour drive, you know, three years in a row doing tours for kids. And his tour drive, he had a donate, he had a GoFundMe up for you know a small amount of money to help for donation for kids. He's a football NFL athlete, so he could he could probably cover it. But he wanted to have support from the people as well. But the the GoFundMe probably had already been out there, and within a blink of an eye, the GoFundMe had got up to three million dollars. It was just like in a frenzy how fast the money was coming and pouring in for him. And then it was just went three million, four million, five million. You're just watching donations just come roll in and it don't and at the same time he's still fighting for his life. He's fighting for his life every day. All day he's fighting for his life. And we're looking for updates. Everybody's like looking for updates. Like what's going on? Is he breathing? Is he breathing on his own? We got, oh, he, he, he's, he has a tube in his throat. He's not breathing on his own. We're trying He still have, you know, he's still asleep in the coma. And we're just like, come on, like, fight tomorrow. Come back to us. And we were just getting a little bit of information after information. Day after day, things were starting to train in the right direction. He's able to, you know, he's able to, you know, do this. He's able to do that. You know, one day he, then, then eventually we got to the point where he was able to breathe on his own. We're like, okay, he's alive. But he was like, he's not out of the woods yet. We want to make sure he has motor functions. He can do things. And then it just continued on. It happened on Monday night, Tuesday, Wednesday. We just came, little things, little, every day, little things starting to happen better. Start trending in direction. You know, he's starting to breathe on his own. Okay, now he's, he's, he's waking up. He's able to, he's able to respond. He's, 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 he's uh he has he's, able to respond. He's able to see. He still got the, he still got the tube down his throat though. But so he's, he's breathing on his own. We're, we're finding that he's getting better every day, every day. He's just getting better and better and better. And to the point where one day they said he was awake and he was able to ask the doctor. Did we win? Oh, my goodness. Everybody was like we were so elated that he was alive and able to respond and know what was going on. And my daughters, every day they would come home. Hey, what, uh, what's DeMar? How's DeMar doing? How's DeMar doing? Every day. Is he doing better? Is he awake? Is he alive? My daughters and them, they just want updates every day. I'm like, baby, I don't know yet. They're still reporting. Nothing's changed yet. We're just getting a little bit of information the information every day. And then every day I would update. He's doing better. He's doing better. This happened. That happened. This happened. This happened that happened. And then I, he woke up and he asked who won. The, and the doctor told him, you won, man. You won, the, you won the game of life. And amazing how they just galvanized the, the, the country. To see that this young man fought for his life and he's back with us. Oh my goodness. That was such an amazing feeling. I was in my family and I was, you know, just like the rest of the families are probably across the country. We were hurting. Like, we didn't even know the young man, but we were hurting because we never want to see anybody die doing something they love. We know we, the, the athletes always talk about, you know, dying for the cause, you're going to die doing something you love, but you never ever want to see it. And we saw it. Young, the young man died on a football field, but it wasn't his time. God God gave him another opportunity to continue to share this, this love and this joy that he had for this world to this young man and, and give him an opportunity to spread more love and joy and to talk about his experience. Shout out to Damar Hamlin for fighting for his life, fighting for the family to come back to. Man, we love you. We appreciate you for what you do, what you did for the kids. We appreciate you for the entertainment you've given us. We appreciate you. We love you. As a black man, I love you. And I'm so happy that you're back here with us. Thank you. Now, I do want to kind of segue a little bit about some things that kind of happened over the break that doesn't quite get enough attention, I think. You know, we saw what happened to any black man when something happens negative. It's on every, if, especially if he's in the sports industry, it's on every channel. All day, all night. they they cycling what you've done, who you were, what you did 15 years ago, and they're going to continue to plaster you in a negative manner if you do something wrong. We saw Dana White smack his wife. On camera. Smacked her. Smacked her in the face on camera. And the media has been crickets. ESPN, crickets, UFC, crickets, news, crickets, national news, crickets. It's been nothing. I've seen more talk about OBJ getting kicked off a plane for being asleep after a long night of party partying in Miami. Got kicked off the plane. That was on more of the news channel than Dana White smacking his wife. Will Smith smacked Chris Rock on the Oscars night, and he was deemed as the horrible hum- human being. He's the worst human being ever in their eyes. How could you do that? What would you, why would you do that to him? Why would you do that here? He's not a good human being. He's not a good person. Blah, blah, this, blah, blah, that. It's everywhere, everywhere. But when Dana White smacked his wife on camera, Crickets from the news media. It goes to show you what white privilege does for you, man. Dana White is the the CEO or the president of UFC. And he's basically getting the pass from the media. The media protects who they want to protect. Those black, any black guys that get in any trouble, they're quick to plaster you over the news. OBJ, just like I said, he's not even done, he hasn't done anything, even he hasn't done anything wrong. Yet he's in the media for basically getting kicked off a plane for being asleep. The flight attendant caused a ruckus and got this man kicked off a plane. He got escorted off a plane, and I've seen more video of that and more and more more talk on these sports media channels than Dana White getting smacked smacking his wife on camera. Like we need our, that's why we need our own black networks to be reporting on our black media and our black athletes and and our black, you know, our black men and our black women. We need that. We need people in those control rooms that look like us to be able to say, no, we're not going to run with this this time. We're not going to speak up. We're going to, we're not going to speak this way about this individual. We need that. But instead, we have white men running white companies protecting white men. He who make the rules, he who controls the media can control how you feel about a person. If they are negatively talking about somebody all the time, you can create a negative um, image of a person or perception of a person when that person genuinely isn't like that. So if they're constantly always talking negative about you and you know that you're not that way. But when you go out in the public, they've been talking so much negative about you. They don't know you. They just know what they hear about you. You can't control your own narrative. But now we have we have we have our own ways to kind of get our message out. We get to you know, we have Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. We have ways to get our get our opinions, out. new podcasts every day. Uh, we have ways to do it, but not when it's it's hard to go against the the mass media who can get the reach way further than you can. And they're doing it on a constant rotation. They have this crew talk about it from nine from nine to eleven. Then they have the next crew talk about it from one to three. Then they have the next crew talk about it from six to five, from four to six. And then you have a nuts crew that talk about it from 9 to 11 at night. So, if they're, if they're doing a 24 hour, 48 hour, 72 hour cycle on you, talking about negative things that you've done over your entire life, then people are going to create a negative, you're going to have a negative perception about you. So, that's what I'm talking about, man. We have to have ways to be able to get our voices out there. We need more black media and not the blogosphere media that talks just as negative as the, the other media because that creates clicks. Clicks create ad revenue. Ad revenue creates money for their company, which creates more negative clicks because that's what pays them. The positive click's not paying. It's the negative clicks. It's the clickbait headlines that get people to, to click on something, to read something, to look at a picture, to watch a video. It's not the positive things they're doing. So we just need we need that we need that black ESPN type media, you know, black sport debate shows that are ran by black people, not just sitting in those chairs. Yes, we have. We have Shannon Sharp. We got Stephen A. Smith. You know, we got other individuals who are sitting in those chairs but the people who are behind the control boards and up in the, the 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 CEO position and C-suite positions don't look like us. So those are the ones who dictate what you can talk about. I'm sure they have. Their, they, they can say, oh, we want to talk about whatever we want to talk about. But there is a limits to what you can talk about because of the people who are behind the control boards and the people who are up and above in the, the CEO position, the C-suite positions. They can have a board to abide by. So they're not going to just let you get on there and spew whatever you want to spew. You have to kind of go between the guys. You have to learn how to work within the rules of the game. And the rules of the game is made by the people who control the game. They control it from behind that board. Behind Behind the lens is where things are being controlled. Not in front of it. You just you just talking. They can cut to commercial at any time. They can suspend you. Stephen A. Spencer. Stephen A. has been suspended a couple of times for something he said. So you can be controlled and tamed in a way by these white corporations, controlled by white men and women, if they deem it not necessary. Or they deem it that they don't want to talk about it. They don't talk about it. Like I can't believe they didn't talk about Dana White. It didn't even make a burp on the network. It wasn't. A, it didn't. It didn't go anything on a ticker or nothing. wouldn't say it didn't say breaking news? Dana White, you know, got it. Dana White has been in a, filter, a, a physical altercation with his wife. Nothing. No domestic violence. Nothing. The video didn't play back or nothing. When the gentleman hit his hit his fiance in the lobby, well in the in the uh, elevator. I forgot his name, but he played. He was a uh, uh, running back for the Jaguars, if I'm not mistaken. And he hit his wife in the elevator, fiance in the elevator, and she was out cold. They played that video all day long. Ruined his career. He never played another down in football again ruined his career from that one incident they're still together if i'm not mistaken but it ruined it it ruined his football career he never played another down in the nfl for hitting his wife well fiance at the time i think they got married and dana white clearly smacks his wife on camera clearly she hit him he smacked her back could be self-defense. But you still don't hit you. You still don't put your hands on your wife. That is that is just a no no, and to do it on camera and nothing happens it's just, you know, the media doing what they want to do. So man, I just want to you know get those things off my chest. Um, I appreciate you guys always listening to me. Like I said, man, you guys got to get to those goals. It's the top of the year, you know. I want you know I want you to show nothing but prosperity this year, good health. 10 times your extra money in your pocket, in your banks, making sure you take care of your family, making sure you're eating good, drinking water, eating vegetables, and staying healthy, reaching those goals. Let's put those goals on your mirrors, on your refrigerators, in your office, wherever you go, in your car. Let's put those goals somewhere that you can actually see them. And let's make sure we get after them. And we can continue to talk about them. You know, throughout the year, I might have to share some of my uh, my goals with you guys so that we can tap in and talk to each other and share some of our, you know, goals that we might be trying to obtain this year and keep each other accountable. And that's what it's all about being accountable. You got to have accountability. You got to have people to hold you accountable for things as well. Hold yourself accountable and the people that you're around should be holding you accountable as well. I think that's why we need to start sharing our sharing our uh, our uh, goals with our friends, you know, so that they can hold us accountable when they see us not actually reaching trying to reach for our goals. You know, you got to have somebody to help keep you accountable for things. That's what coaches are for. You know, I'm not a coach, but if you want me to help keep you accountable for things, I will. I'm here. You know, I'm all about it. I'm all about helping people. So, man, I just want to say, again, I appreciate you guys. I want you guys to continue to do great in your life, do great with your family. It's collaboration over competition always. This your boy Frank Nitted from the Sip. I'm out. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to grab some merch, canvas prints for your home or office, or see the full link video from this episode, please visit Dovision.com. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and the Twitter at sf. Also, send me an email of someone you'd like to hear on the podcast at DoeVisionSF at gmail.com. Also, please join the DoVision club at Patreon.com forward slash dovision for early access to the content and some of the behind the scenes look of some of the episodes that I create. While you're listening, don't forget to hit, hit the subscribe button and comment on the podcast as well as my YouTube channel and turn on those post notifications so that you'll be notified each and every time I drop a new episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, collaboration over competition. Until next time, this is your boy Frank Nitty and I'm out.